The following podcast is brought to you by the Booked Podcast Store at bookedpodcast.myshopify.com. You know, for a lot of years, people kept asking us, how can my podcast last longer? Well, not everyone has the natural fortitude to do what we do, but that doesn't mean there aren't ways to up your game, if you know what I mean. Booked has worked with one really local, sort of almost scientist to help create a product that can help your podcast improve its stamina. We're very proud to introduce you today, Super Podcast Pro Plus. Studies show that Super Podcast Pro Plus can keep your podcast on the air longer, produce stronger, more rewarding listenership, and even increase the overall length of your podcast. With Super Podcast Pro Plus, you'll be fighting off new subscribers with a stick. It's that good. So don't leave your audience undersatisfied. Get Super Podcast Pro Plus today and be the podcaster you always dreamed you'd be. Head over to bookedpodcast.myshopify.com and help fund the war on poor literary choices. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snett in a slightly different direction this week. So we, we teased that this might be happening. Um, it's happening. <laughs> uh, however this goes over, this is our long-talked-about conspiracy theory episode. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this. You sound like Livius levels of excited when you uh, say that. <laughs> you're very monotone, like unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I'm so no, excited uh, about doing this. I am excited about like I, I like talking about weird shit. So, um, uh, so maybe an explanation of what we're doing, and then a disclaimer. Let's start with the disclaimer. If you tuned into this because you listen to conspiracy theory podcasts all over the internet and you're super knowledgeable about conspiracy theories, this is not the episode for you. I'm going to go ahead and say that everything we talk about today will have been covered in far greater detail by far more knowledgeable people on both sides of uh, every conspiracy theory that we're going to talk about. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I see this as a casual discussion due to maybe mutual interest on some topics but yeah for sure this is gonna be two guys talking about um conspiracy theories we've done light conversational research um if we're wrong if we state something that's incorrect about one of these it's, it's okay not to let us know like we're, we're not i don't want to say we don't care normally we would care um this is going to be a pretty just general conversation so uh, the other thing we're going to do, because some conspiracy theories have been talked about just ad nauseum, um, so i.e. Uh, 9-11 was an inside job, flat earth, moon landing, although I'm not going to say those statements won't come <laughs> up, we're not going to cover them because, like I said, there are experts on you know both yeah. sides of those arguments that you can go to for, for better information than you're ever going to get here. Yeah, the lizard people, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're going to cover some lighter conspiracy topics so uh smaller conspiracy some uh, i'll be honest with you uh, at least one of the ones we plan on discussing a little bit i'd never heard of um so that's <laughs> but that's what i mean so they're not huge huge conspiracy theories so yeah. that's uh that's kind of my disclaimer and uh what you're in for uh today yeah and, and this all started out um <clears throat> for people who maybe are only listening to this because um they saw the words conspiracy theory in the title or something like that. We review books and we usually review books that are, you know, fiction and everything. We're not a conspiracy theory podcast, but every now and then we like to throw out a show, an episode about a particular topic. Their first one was we did about I mean, an hour and a half on time travel. Again, 
non-experts talking about things. And then um, later on, not too long after that, we did um, mythical creatures. And so we just like to hit these like big topics every now and then and just kind of have a fun discussion about them. And for me, it's like, how can we kind of make fun of this, but also try and, and, and understand it at the same time? Like, I, I, I'm a skeptic. I believe in almost nothing. Um, so usually I'm the one that's like, well, this is all bullshit. And, um, Livius is like, Rob, you got to believe in something. And, um, so yeah, that's pretty much how it all, and maybe, maybe that's how this will play out too. We'll find out. I'm I'm glad that's a good point. So yes, Rob is definitely a skeptic who believes in, in, in pretty much nothing. Like he said, I, on the other hand, although I am not a believer (laughs) in, um, in a lot of the conspiracy theories that are out there, there are some that I've been put on the fence about. So um, how to give you an example without getting too deep in anything. Um, Let's say that we're talking about, and this is not one, but let's say we're talking about uh, Elvis being dead or not being dead. If I see enough information that, that starts to, to turn me. So I go into this with, I believe Elvis is dead, but I go, Oh look, new evidence that Elvis isn't dead. And I watch some and I watch some and I try to corroborate some research and enough of it rings, uh, you know, true. I go on the fence of I'm not really sure if Elvis is dead or not. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that right, Rob? Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Full on believer in too many conspiracy theories. Um, I am on some now on the fence that it could go either way. So we'll talk, I'm sure, a little more about that as we cover these four or five today. Would you say that you are a, a full-on believer of anything that's considered a conspiracy theory? Uh, yes, I all am. Right. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> it's probably, let's play it safe. I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I can't say that there's a conspiracy theory out there where I'm like, yeah, that's what's going on. That, that I can yeah, think and maybe let's let's start there. So what makes... So, all right, so in my... In my uh, I don't even say research. It's not research or show. In my day-to-day life, I do listen to some people who 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 do you know sound off about conspiracy theory type stuff. Um, currently, one of my favorite people on the internet is a, is a guy named Eddie Bravo. Do you know who Eddie Bravo is? No. He is a frequent uh, guest on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, uh-huh. and that's because he's like best friends with Joe Rogan. And that guy is full out, pretty much believes every single conspiracy theory um, out there. Um, So that type of person is a person like I I don't think there are a lot of people who are like, well, I believe in these four conspiracy theories, but that's it. I think it's once you've bought into it, you tend to buy in at a much, much bigger level where you're prone to be more of a believer for everything. Yes. You figured out in your mind somewhere that one thing that's been told to you is a lie. Therefore, Everything else that's been told to you is a lie, regardless of the amount of information um, debunking that theory. Why does that happen? Why do you think that happens? Um, I was thinking about this, and um, I was thinking about it from more of this perspective of, like, why do people believe? Um, it's It's tricky. But what I started to think about the idea of why doesn't the the rational? I, sorry, I'm going to take that word away. I'm going to back this up because that sounds very you know it sounds aggressive to say that. 
why doesn't the obvious explanation satisfy those people? This is like kind of like the approach that I was coming from because like, you know, practically anything that had like the power went out in my building earlier today and I could have just assumed it was aliens, but, um, you know what I'm saying? So why, why, why isn't the, you know, it was also stormy. So, um, and there was lightning. So that was the obvious answer was lightning caused power outage. Um, but there could be a conspiracy to, you know, try and stop me from recording my podcast or something. So why don't people accept the, the easiest answer for it for certain things? So I want to, I want to touch on that because this is probably our first conspiracy theory now. Um, <laughs> my understanding from some YouTube videos I watched is that the, this is horror podcast was also going to be covering conspiracy theories very um... soon. And. It's probably likely that they, uh, they, I mean, they have people here in the States. We know one. I don't want to name any names. I don't want to get in like a libel slander lawsuit type thing. Mm -hmm. There's at least one person tied closely to that podcast that's here in the States who could have very easily come to Illinois and taken out your power. Taking out my power. Yeah. I mean, so if I were to provide with you, for example, with a, a photocopy of a boarding pass with this person's <laughs> name on it. You know, saying they were going to be in Chicago sometime this morning. Yeah. Would then the power going out, I mean, would still be the easiest, right? But now you'd have some corroborating evidence that what I just said to you is potentially true as well. That this is horror conspired to uh, to cut my power? Eh, if I could put uh, someone tied really close to this is horror within a few miles of your house after telling you that I, I, I have it on good authority. <laughs> they were planning an episode. Yeah. I mean, that makes it more, more compelling for sure. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to give you an example, I You're, think yeah. in, in an answer to your question on how this happens. And I just made that up on the spot because <laughs> I didn't know about your power going out until, you know, a few hours ago. And obviously yeah. I didn't think you'd bring that up during the, the episode, right, but right. that's kind of my, my other side of that coin. Mm -hmm. Is that, yeah, sometimes the simplest solution, um, it, it, most times the simplest solution is the answer. But if somebody wanted to do something untoward, wouldn't it be the most plausible thing to then provide you with the simplest solution and, and, and have you just buy into that? So, and then, all right, so I, I see where you're going and I like that. Like the, the person with the fantastic, like the real, the real answer um, the people who are doing this nefarious stuff want you to believe the the most obvious um, explanation. How much how much do you think is tied into like how we need to storify our lives? Like we watch these you know crazy Fast and Furious movies that are like way over the top, like you know action and adventure and stuff like that, spy movies and all of these things, and like. Those stories are, are, are so fantastic, but like our day to day is almost completely unremarkable. So how much of that do you think goes into like the need for like a bigger explanation for things or is it at all? Okay. Oh, for sure. A lot. Um, I, I'm going to tie it to, to maybe something a little, as I say, weirder than conspiracy theories, but you know, there, there are people who study like magic. I mean, real magic, not like David Copperfield's sleight of hand magic, but they, they want to believe in something mystical so much that they, they spend a good portion of their life trying that. Or there are people who study um, telekinesis 
and try to to prove its ability to be true. So that's all the same thing, right? It's, it's extra life. Yeah. In saying extra life, I mean like you would say extraterrestrial, right? It's extra life stuff. And maybe storifying is true. Uh, maybe we're trying to get life to imitate art. But I think some of that is just kind of a, a it starts off as a need for something more than what we're doing. So you're right. The, the banality of daily life um, certainly can be one of the reasons why people look into things um, a little more. And I'm going to go touch further, too. Like you get to be in the know. So mm. I know that the earth is flat, even though everybody else that I know thinks that it's round. And I know the reasons why the earth is flat and you don't. So that ultimately gives me, um, a, 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 I don't know, a higher plane somewhere to, to look down on you from because I know something and you've been duped. So I think a little bit of that comes into like a superiority complex. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know if that's the right, we're also, uh, on top of not being conspiracy theorists, we're also not psychiatrists. Um, but I would say it's some <laughs> kind of a superiority complex plays into that, too. Like, you guys are all sheep, sure. and I know what's really going on, and that makes me a more valued person in this world yeah. um, than the people who don't. And then I got to think, all right, and then <clears throat> that made me think about, um, it could just be, there has to be, like, I'm, I'm sure, and we're not we're not mathematicians. I'm going to go ahead and say we are not professionals of any field at all. Um, just to get that out of the way, including podcasting, yeah, with all like close to podcast professionals, but not even that. Um, but like it ha mathematically, it has to be possible that some of the time that people um, gather the evidence, like you were saying before, like the the boarding pass or whatever, um, all the little clues that that to them um, add up to something something fishy's happening here, have to be a coincidence at least part of the time. Right, like it, it, it can't be that every kind of string of clues for every single conspiracy theory actually means like something's going on. There has to be some that are just total shit. Oh, for sure, it, it, and likely most of them, <laughs> <laughs> mathematically speaking, yeah, likely most of them. But on the flip side, <laughs> so I, I think we've done a good job of examining why all people or why people believe in every conspiracy theory or very open to believing the majority of them. Um, the question then becomes, you know, why don't you, and when I say you, I mean you because you, you kind of said that you, you <laughs> right. don't believe in any of them, but, but, but people in general tend to dismiss anything that's outside the norm as, as not possible. Um, so if you're asking me personally, uh, I, I guess I'll use the example of like in, in doing what I will very, very lightly describe as research for this episode um you know uh, i figured that the easiest way was to like watch or listen to things as opposed to reading like pages and pages and pages of stuff <sighs> when you go on youtube and you search for something like flat earth you really have to cut through a lot of absolute nonsense to get to someone that sounds like they're actually taking themselves I'm sorry, I'll say that differently. Everybody obviously is taking themselves seriously about this. You have to cut through a lot of nonsense before you get to someone who sounds like they're making a good argument. And um, I was even, uh, I won't say which one, but it was one of the ones we're going to talk about. And it was uh, like a 10-minute video, and I had to cut through like like the first seven minutes of this person talking about like Satanists and numerology and stuff that has nothing to do with like 
the actual like incident that this person has a theory about. And I was like, man, I just can't, why would I even care about this person? You know what I'm saying? It, it his, mm-hmm. um, his point had so much to do. Like you have to believe in all of this ridiculous nonsense in order for his point to be valid. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get to, I couldn't get on the dude's side about it. Yeah, I mean, there are content um, creators that are, you know, better than some and, and, and worse than some. I mean, that's, you know, that goes without yeah. saying. And I mean, I think a lot of, I don't know, you know, part of me thinks that there are probably more people that believe some theories, but then aren't willing to speak publicly about them. Yeah. yeah. Um, based on the judgment that's passed down quickly and, 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 and swiftly and severely um, in many cases by people who, who don't buy into it. Yeah. So I, I so when you search for, we'll use flat Earth um, as an as an uh, example again. You know, I think what you find out is if you search flat Earth on YouTube, and I'm not going to do it now because my keyboard's really loud. Like the first one is probably like the Earth is flat, and here's all the evidence. And then like the next three are like the Earth is flat. Here's us debunking all the evidence, right? Like mm-hmm. that's so. What I find interesting. Is that, again, I think that a lot of people don't believe in any of them because they're just told don't believe in it. Or they hear someone mention it and then a bunch of people say that person's an idiot. So really, instead of looking into it at all, you go, well, I'm going to say the same thing because I heard those people say that that guy's an idiot because he thinks the earth is flat. And I'm just using this as an example. I just want to stress that I'm not defending, (laughs) um, necessarily defending flat earth as as a theory. But it's an easy one to go with um, for this next reason which I'm surprised you didn't bring up, which is, uh, it comes up very often is science. Yeah. So, um, to switch gears a little bit and to give you an idea of what I mean, let's talk about, uh, let's talk just for a second about nine 11 was an inside job, right? You get, you're going to know a lot more about this than I am. Right. But no, well, yes, maybe likely. (laughs) But my, my point on this is a scientist on one side says, Steel can't burn or steel can't melt at the temperature that, um, that like jet, jet fuel, fuel yeah, yeah, jet fuel right? can't burn steel or whatever, yeah. And then on the other side, a scientist says, Oh, yes, it can. And then someone goes, See, that was debunked. <laughs> yeah, but you, you get what I'm saying, right? right? It's like if you can find the one person that says, or, or 10 people that say the thing that supports your baby preconceived notion. That then you stick with them, and it doesn't matter if there are ten scientists on the other side that say, "Yeah, this isn't how it would go down." And, and you could extend that out to flat Earth. You don't have to just talk about the melting point of steel. I don't know what it is. Please don't email us and say, "Hey, you're an idiot because steel." I, I have no idea. I'm just going very loosely on these things. But for you know, if there's a scientist that says one thing, and then there's a scientist that says another thing, I think you tend to be predisposed on both sides of the equation. See, there's a theory I talked about last week, and see how it keeps proving to be true? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's more This Is Horror trying to throw off our, our podcast, by the way. So, um, <laughs> the the fact of the matter is is that we're, we're predisposed to believe or not to believe, and then we just choose the side and the evidence on the one side that, that already supports our preconceived theory. I mean, this holds true for a lot of things, politics, religion, um, conspiracy theories, right? Probably mythical creatures, maybe a little bit. <laughs> and here's where probably this probably will explain 
like a bulk of my skepticism. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll just continue the flat earth thing, but then I got another, I got another one too. We're going to talk about climate change very briefly. The flat earth thing. So like the science, so science, right? Science over the years, um, has kind of come to the conclusion that the earth is round and how the solar system works and all that kind of stuff. Um, every flat earth person that I have, and I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about the flat earth because I find them amusing. I think it's fucking ridiculous. And it's kind of fun to watch these people just kind of like <sighs> spout what I feel is like semi-scientific kind of like nonsense. Um, and so like you've like, the people who have dedicated their lives to the study of science and, you know, like testing things and, and recording the outcomes and stuff say one thing. And then you got a guy who like went to the ocean one time with binoculars and couldn't see the curvature of the earth. And suddenly that's enough proof to counteract hundreds of years of science. Like that's a problem. Yes, I'm going to. Sorry, I was <laughs> muted, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you there to an extent, <laughs> um, because I think that there's there's probably and, and again, I, I how do I say this? Here's where it's probably gonna go south for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Science has become, in some ways, um, almost a religion. So for a lot of people, if we say, well, scientists said, that's all, that's all they have to hear. Scientists have access to things that, that the average person doesn't, which is, is both um, good. It's, it's, the, it's the, the way that um, we can, you know, prove that there are other planets in the galaxy, right? Um, because you don't have the same equipment as a scientist does. You can't prove it on your own if you're going to accept that we're one galaxy in a universe and there are I, I, millions of planets. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, right? So millions of planets, whatever it is, right? Like we just have to nod our head and go, well, yeah, because that's, that's what scientists tell us. Uh -huh. It's really unverifiable by yourself, right? Yeah, you can't go out and do all the science yourself, I guess is what you're saying. Correct, yes. Yeah. So when someone comes up with, with um, and, and pokes holes in the theory any theory, but we're on flat earth, right? So, I mean, I think that's where, where we started with this. Um, that pokes holes in that theory with things that are, you know, testable or logical or, or whatever. I think just saying, ah, if I find guys crazy is, is a little on the dismissive side of, of things. Okay. All right. That, that's just my, my, my counter counterpoint to that, I guess, is that um, when you have, how would I say this to you? Back back in the day when when a lot of people were religious, right? And the Pope said something. People were like, "Well, the Pope talks to God, so it must be right because I can't talk to God, but I assume that the Pope can talk to God." Oh, that's hugely different, though. And we should, probably shouldn't linger on this too long. But the the major difference between that is like the like science is something that's tested, and they're like are rigorous, like you know, processes for proof um, that are recorded that you could probably go and research somewhere if you wanted to. And the Pope just said they talked to God. <laughs> yes. And like I said, it was going to be hard for me to come up with, with the, 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 <laughs> the other side of that. Yeah. All I think is that 
that sometimes we're probably just a little too accepting of, of what people tell us, be it on the TV or through, um, you know, a scientific paper and, and that it, it may be harder for some people to just blindly accept it because scientists said so. And then you mentioned, you mentioned climate change, right? Yeah. So climate change earlier this year was, was kind of a uh, proven by scientists to not be nearly as bad as we thought, but we didn't, that didn't really come out in the media very much, nearly as much as global warming and climate change is the most important thing in the world. That kind of died off without science kind of, I don't want to say debunking it because they didn't say climate change doesn't exist, but they said, yeah, it's nowhere near as bad as we thought it was, but nobody talked about that. Well, it's the tricky thing. Like, so, um, and the reason I brought up climate change is because like, the narrative that's been going on in um in the world for like like decades now is the majority of scientists saying, "Hey guys, we're ruining the environment," and then you know, uh, you know, like an oil company will pay someone to do a survey that says, "No, this is all garbage," and they're supposed to be like weighted equally when obviously the oil company has a vested interest in continuing to burn oil. So um, there's that too. There's like. Uh, I guess interest science versus like pure science. And it's, I guess that muddies the waters of like, what do you trust? Because like, maybe there's like a solar guy out there. That's like, the, you know, the environment, like to be, you know what I'm saying? To be fair. Um, that's making it sound worse than it is because they're going to make some solar money or whatever. So um, there's, there's kind of an interest science that, you know, you can, you can do science in a way that, you know, says what you want it to, to get what you need. Um, which kind of sucks. I agree. And that was going to be my, my kind of final point on this is that there's almost always an interest. I don't want to say there always is. There's probably some pure people out there that just want to know the answer. <laughs> yeah. But you have to remember there's funding behind every scientist is funding. And here's why, because mm -hmm. if you're a scientist who doesn't have funding, you're like looking at specks of dirt you found in your backyard through a fairly cheap microscope because that's what you can afford to do. Mm -hmm. And if you're studying anything, um, it's in a lab and you have equipment and you have assistance and you have a salary. And let's face it, scientists make pretty good money, I think. I don't want to speak for the pay equality of scientists versus other um, <laughs> versus other the new wage um, gap jobs. debate. Right. But yeah. So but you know what I mean? Like, I have to imagine that that's and then, of course, like I said the, the the one thing that comes up is that recently and I, I think this was maybe 2017, maybe 2016, this news came out that um, studies on sh the effects of sugar on people were suppressed. Uh -huh. And scientists yeah. reported, scientists reported lower findings of the negative effects of sugar on people. And that was funded by the people who make sugar. So that, you know, you have to, again, kind of take with, with a grain of salt. Um, and I'm glad you, I didn't have to be the one to point out that, 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 it, <laughs> yeah. that it exists on both sides of, of the aisle is that the oil companies can use science to prove that oil doesn't cause any harm, um, but that on the flip side, there is a huge market for things like like um, solar panels, for like renewable energy. Right. Yeah. All right. Are we are we zipped up a little bit on on why the whys of conspiracy theories in the house? Yeah, I think we should probably move into uh, talking about some specific topics. We should, but let's do it right after these messages. This is Mr. Frank for Super Podcast Pro Plus. I used to be a terrible podcaster. It sounded something like this. I'm making a podcast and I'm, I'm drinking beer because that 
uh, it's edgy if I drink beer, correct? I'm drinking beer and talking about other things that uh, 16,000, like, other, like, podcasts, like, do. Oh, and I'm doing this on Blog Talk Radio Live, so it sounds extra terrible. But now I take Super Podcast Pro Plus, and I have an amazing podcast with a huge listenership. And I sound better, I edit better, and I go longer. Thanks to Super Podcast Pro Plus, I now sound like this. Well, this is the song, the Bizarre and Weird Fiction Podcast. And with me, your host, Mr. Frank. That's right, I go longer, I sound better, and I have much more energy to go all night long podcasting with Super Podcast Pro Plus. That will make you a better podcaster, too. All you have to do is pop a few pills, and you, too, will edit even better than Mr. Frank. I used to edit like this. This is my, 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 my edits. Took all the us, but now my edits sound like this. With Super Podcast Pro Plus, I can, I can edit, edit anything. anything you can too. Big results. I can't say enough great things about Super Podcast Pro Plus. I take it, and so should you. All right, welcome back. We've been talking about conspiracy theories, and we're about to dive into our first specific topic. Livius, what are we going to talk about? Tell people about the Black Knight satellite. This is the only one we're going to talk about that I was not at all familiar <laughs> with before uh, before this episode came to came to life. Yeah, I don't know exactly when or where I became aware of this, but um, I think it was just scrolling through. Um, I get on these Reddit binges where it's like, oh shit, I've just rolled, scrolled through Reddit for like three hours, and. Um, Every now and then I find something that just is kind of relevant to what, you know, what's going on in my mind. And so this Black Knight satellite thing uh, came up a few weeks ago. I shared it with Livius. He forgot about it. I shared it again. I think he forgot about it again. Um, but <laughs> To be fair, the message I gave Rob was like, I haven't looked into this Black Sat Knight satellite thing because this is all assuming the Earth is round. That's a good point. Yeah. How can you have a satellite on a flat Earth? Exactly. Um, Fair. That's fair. So um, the idea of this, and I'm just going to give it a quick, again, we're not scientists. Let me give you the quick explanation. Um, this is basically uh, so, uh, supposed to be, everybody assumes, everybody who believes in it thinks it's a it's this alien satellite that's been orbiting the Earth for, um, people estimate, up to 13,000 years. Uh, it was first kind of detected when Nikola Tesla in the early 1900s um, on one of his uh, like radio frequency, whatever things he was doing, received a message that, that translated to the numbers one, two, three, four. And he thought that it would make sense that aliens would communicate numbers because it's a language that's universal to all languages or whatever. And then there's like later evidence at Livius. Did you, did you read up too much about this or no? I, I don't know about much, but right. I did read up on it. Okay, so I think that the the 50s was the first time there was, like, photo evidence. It was either photo evidence or more um, radio um, communication evidence or something like I that. I believe in the 50s it was telescopic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so basically the idea was, the, the, here's something, they, and it was even called a satellite, orbiting the Earth in a time before 
any country had the technology to actually put up its own satellite into orbit around the Earth. And so, um, you know, beyond that, there's more radio evidence. There's there's other, uh, I think in the 80s, the International Space Station took a picture that was later explained away as being like a thermal blanket, but um, it looked like <laughs> some sort of, and I think of like that little blanket you plug in and it looks like an electronic. <laughs> God. See, this is this, okay. So let's let's stop right here. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty much it, right? I think that's all the the evidence. Um, that's the all the bit. credible evidence. That's all the stuff that hasn't been thrown out as just being like some asshole is making stuff up. So here are some issues with this, and, and we can start at the beginning. How the fuck did we come up with thirteen thousand years when the first guy to see it was a hundred and twenty years ago or whatever? I don't remember what your Tesla's you know got his radio <laughs> transmissions right. Yeah, there was a scientist that, based on something, um, <laughs> did the math on that. I don't remember exactly. That's probably as as uh, thorough of an explanation of that as you're going to get out of me. But um, so, I don't know if it was based on the signal they were sending, or I don't know. The first, um, the first issue with conspiracy theories, and and some of this is going to come up in in I think in the next one we talk about, but. Um, you know, when you just throw it out there, if you said, hey, we saw this thing, we have no idea how long it's been up there, except that, you know, now we credit it back to Tesla as the first, you know, uh, discoverer um, potentially of this. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's a warning sign. Like when you come up with a number and you don't have anything to remotely support it, except you think it may have been up there, you know, for 13,000 years, that that's a little bit that that's that that falls into the flaky side. Well, I mean. You're going on the fact that I don't know. <laughs> like someone, did I, saw, I saw the same thing, and I didn't see any credible right. information on how you could come up with that. Like, if they said, "Hey, in different parts of the world, we found carvings that are definitely this thing, the same shape," I'd go, and then you know, and they said we've dated these carvings in these caves back twelve thousand years. I'd be like, "Oh, all right, that that's a thing. That that that's possible." Gotcha. I'm gonna see if I can find really quick. All right. In 17, I'm sorry, in not the 1700s, 1973, Scottish author Duncan Lunan analyzed the long-delayed radio echoes received by Hells and others, and others, and speculated that they could possibly originate from a 13,000-year-old alien probe located in orbit around Earth's moon. So basically, someone was hearing radio echoes, um, and based on the math or science of what it would take to make that echo happen. They, they estimated 13,000 years. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's talk about it. So a scientist has said that echo could be 13,000 years old. So based on the scientist, do you think that that satellite has been there for 13,000 years? Well, I mean, we don't even know it's a satellite. It could be a fucking electric blanket. <laughs> it could be. So that was, that was going to be my next thing on this. Because I, I don't know that there's a lot to talk about here, but I think no. playing playing both sides is fun. When NASA's fucking dismissal says, uh, it was a blanket someone let go of accidentally, uh, I'm not thinking that's like the most credible explanation either. There, well, yeah. So, like, their explanation was there was some either some it was work on the International Space Station or something was being like you know built, and um, there was debris or things that were dropped or lost in space while that was happening, and that was that was one of the things. Is a thermal blanket. Um, so I don't. I mean, it's it's a couple of pictures and some radio signals that all kind of add up to. Wouldn't it be cool if aliens were watching us? 
<laughs> and one of the big compelling things, I didn't know there was different types of orbit, but it is in what's called a polar orbit, which mm -hmm. for some reason is more of an observational. I think that that means you're basically in one place watching the Earth spin or something. I don't know how it works, but anyway. I, don't know I about believe science. that, I, and I could be wrong again because I don't, I don't actually believe in science. So, I think that uh, polar orbit means you are moving with the Earth, okay, instead of moving around the Earth. Okay, all right. I think does that make sense? Like you're still, yeah, know, you're yeah. still in relation to the Earth. You right, are right. not moving around the Earth. You're moving with the Earth. Gotcha. Sure. So, yeah. Why not? I don't know. NASA and their blanket theory is not, uh, I don't want to say it's unacceptable to me, but it seemed really kind of dismissive um, yeah. without any further thing. I also want to say that NASA, I don't necessarily want to get into this, but they did say we can't go back to the moon because we lost the instructions. Did they say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They lost the original directions on how to get a shuttle to the moon. So they can get to Mars. But the reason we haven't gone back to the moon is that they essentially misplaced. They lost the manual. Yeah. Oh, you, but you, you ever try and... credibility. Where I don't know. Start to, you hear this officially stated from NASA and you go, wait a minute. That I mean, to a degree, I, I, I can see that though, because have you ever like, so I've done this, I've moved a couple times and I've like got an Ikea bookshelf and I put it together and I have to take it apart to move. And if I get to my new apartment and I don't have those instructions, it's like a lot harder to put that shelf back together. That's that. Yes, that's very <laughs> true. Um, I'm just kidding. And I'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what the guy from NASA would say yeah. if we asked him about it on this podcast. He'd be like, "Listen, haven't you ever lost the the manual to like your refrigerator and you can't figure why the lights blinking on and off?" Yep. Huh? Same thing. That happens. <laughs> so, uh, arguably, the that's most important weird. thing NASA's done the the most important um, front facing thing that they've done. They've lost the directions too, so it can't be repeated. But they can safely send things to Mars, which is a little that's sketchy. Yeah, that I can't wrap my mind around the fact that they have something on Mars that they have like pictures coming back. Yeah, yep, <laughs> that blows my mind. Um, yeah, especially since it's still hard to get like a data signal on an airplane. So <laughs> I'm I'm with you on this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess we should say a Black Knight satellite. You in or out on this one? I am out. All right, I'm out too. All right. um, I, I don't necessarily think that uh, that there's enough credible evidence um, on either side, but I'm going to lean towards. Um, I think at this point, if it existed, um, we should have the technology based on traveling to the moon, even if we lost the direction <laughs> and traveling to Mars, that somebody would have gone out there and said, we're going to look into this. I mean, let's be honest, if there was an alien satellite orbiting the Earth, like the American military would have blown the shit out of that thing by now. Well, maybe, and maybe that's why we're getting a space force together. Hey, there you go. The real reason. That's the real reason. That is the real reason. <laughs> so, um, let's move into this next one. Uh, the Denver airport. Um, had you heard of that before doing any, uh, any research? Yeah, honestly, the Denver airport I had heard of, um, like, this is one of those things that years ago I heard of, and I was like, oh, that's fascinating, and then I completely forgot about, and then um, I remembered it again recently when we were talking about doing um, an episode on conspiracy theories. So um, I knew about it, but it didn't, like, it wasn't stuck in my mind. I love this one, and here's why. There is um, a ton 
of evidence to support something that doesn't make any fucking sense. So let's, <laughs> let's kind of get into it. For anybody who's not familiar, we're not saying there isn't an airport in Denver. That's not a ghost <laughs> airport. There's an actual airport in Denver. I was in it uh, twice, I believe. Um, and it's a very nice airport. I yeah. wish I would have known about some of these conspiracy theories when I had like an hour and a half to kill on my way back from Los Angeles, I think. Um, or on my way there, but anyway, I had like an hour and a half instead. You know, we spent it sitting in a in a bar that you could smoke in at the time, like the Budweiser <laughs> restaurant or something at the Denver airport. But there are some weird things going on with the Denver airport. So the current Denver airport opened in 1995, and uh, there's some weird things about it. Apparently, it has zero more anything than the previous airport did. So it's not necessarily nicer. It doesn't have more runways. It's just bigger overall, yeah. which uh, conspiracy theorists have taken to indicate that there is something uh, strange afoot there. Um, to, to kind of continue on with that, if you look at an aerial shot of the airport, it is very clear that with some of the runways, <laughs> the way they're lined up, it does make the shape of a swastika. I'm going to go with runways have to be long. I guess I haven't looked at a lot of aerial shots of a lot of other airports. But uh, that, that is one of the biggest things that's cited most conspiracy theories. And then to get into the, the, the real reason um, behind it is that apparently there are a lot of underground facilities there that allegedly nobody is allowed to talk about. So um, there are giant cavernous rooms. They're all 150 feet under the ground. There's a sprinkler system that's installed there, although there's no water connected to it. <laughs> and uh, it, it doesn't serve any purpose unless you believe that that, um, <laughs> that that is uh, eventually where people will be taken as a concentration camp and put to death. Did you did you yeah, catch that part? by the New okay. World Order, right? By of course by the New World Order. So yeah. here's some other things that that point to why um, this this happens. The uh, plaque. The, the big stone plaque that, that describes the place. So the dedication the International capstone. Airport. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the bottom, <laughs> it's from 1994, basically lists the New World Airport Commission at the top of its uh, above where the contributors are. Um, and apparently there is no New World Airport <laughs> Commission. So clearly that must be referring to the globalists, the New World Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So clearly we have, it's in the shape of a swastika. You have the New World Airport Commission, air, air quotes, Airport Commission <laughs> is the one that built it. There's these cavernous tunnels underneath. And then the more you look for stuff, the easier it is to find. So if you look and add up the individual numbers together of the airport's dedication date, March 19th, 1994, 3-1994, if you add um, 1 plus 9 plus 1 plus 9 plus 9 plus 4, whatever that is, you get the number 33, which is the highest level one can achieve in Freemasonry. And we all know that the Freemasons actually run the world. So Yeah, they're all Illuminati and shit, right? There's a Freemason symbol on that capstone, too. There is, because Freemasons uh, build shit, right? Isn't that yeah. kind of what they're supposed For to free, do? For free, which is... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, to get them to build me a house or something. Uh, now... There are some really questionable things that have happened at this airport, right? So let's let's get away from the logistics of it's way too big and whatever. There were a number of really weird murals oh, that yeah, have since murals. Yeah. been replaced, but 
who the fuck was responsible for approving these murals? Because I, I, I watch videos on them and they're all horrible, right? There's one where there's mothers carrying dead babies and there's a weird militant looking guy that has a machine gun and a sword and with a sword he's stabbing a dove and there's like three yeah. kids that look like they might be dead on the same mural. <laughs> like, who fucking so, thought any of this was a good idea? Did you get any explanation like about how it basically tells a story? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. There's there's the three murals painted by the same guy are supposed to signify uh, the new world orders, violent uh, bringing a violent end to to civilization as we know it to reduce population, and then the peace that will come out of that reduced population. I'm assuming that's pretty much the same thing you heard, read, saw. Yeah. Basically, like um, there. Uh... There's, yeah, the the evil, so, like, with taking the New World Order out of it, like, basically, like, there's this evil element who's destroying what is, um, Dove, a symbol of, like, peace, right, or whatever, love, I don't know, destroying yes. a Dove, you know, that shit, um, and basically by, you know, like, the, like, everybody has to get together and, like, love each other and, you know, fucking be happy and like, like animals and stuff like, like, and then eventually they'll, they'll overcome the bad force and then all live together in this like harmony. And like, that's the new society. But the idea is like the new world order is going to bring about the end of people in order to have like a perfect new society or whatever. Right. Something like that. Um, yes. Yeah. It's I weird. Mean, yeah. I, I just, I, so they're, they're in poor taste. I mean, in looking at them, you think like... Well, there was like quotes from um, concentration camp survivor, like uh, a 14-year-old mm -hmm. kid from a concentration camp yep. and stuff on there. It's like yep. really grim, very grim. Mm -hmm. So all of these and more things point to the fact that the Denver airport is um, is is going to be the epicenter of something. There's the 30-foot evil horse statue. Yeah, this glowing eyes and a Lucifer. Yeah. It it killed um it killed the guy who made it, right? The yeah. sculptor? Yeah, yeah the, it fell the, and yeah. yeah, the head fell on him and then he later died of the injuries yeah, sustained. And the, and then they still put up his sculpture, like you would think. Yeah. But yeah, so the other thing that I heard that that's good. So all of these things are substantiated in one way or the other. There are a lot of Yeah, these are the tunnels. legit stuff, yeah. Yep. Um, the the one thing that I heard that wasn't substantiated is that there are rich people and like even the Queen of England has purchased property near the airport <laughs> as if they know something and that that would be the place that they would all head to in in the event of whatever this new world order plot is. And then there was an Obama thing, right? There was some event... Um that um oh i don't remember what it was but there was some event i think during his second term where um he was evacuated to uh stay in denver for a period of time um while this thing was going on interesting was. that one i did not i must i must have watched videos that were pre pre obama um being there yeah um and that points to like some sort of so like the you know um, the all the elite the Illuminati whatever you want to call it the New World Order is all it includes all of like the ma the major world leaders and stuff like that so um, to protect him obviously they would bring him to this like weird super bunker thing that they have that was one of the things remind me to come back to that statement you just made about the Illuminati and world leaders <laughs> uh, yeah so. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go first on this. I'm out on this one. And um Oh, we're not done yet though. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go on. There's one thing I want to explore a little bit, which is like a little bit of not necessarily debunking, but um just like a little bit of logic. Um so he, here's the thought the immediate thought I had with like the whole idea of the place um, you know, like the the theories that I had heard, I listened to and heard floated around when I was was researching this was that that the Denver airport was essentially going to be either kind of like a holding place, like a safe location for all the elite when like the end of the world happens, slash also like a concentration camp where kind of thing where they're going to hold people, but um. And so, like, the idea of it being, like, a safe place for the elite um, was substantiated in part by this Obama thing, which hopefully Livius will give me some insight on because I don't remember exactly what they said. Um, but then my thought is, like, the like you've, you've seen the movie, Nor- like, uh, War Games and stuff way back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. NORAD, like, is at Cheyenne Mountain, right? And that's, like, some, like, super secure facility where... Um, that you could use as like a, a safe location in case of, you know, some sort of major disaster or something like that. Um, and that's like in Colorado, that's near Colorado Springs, which is probably about two hours south, maybe of Denver. So if, if Obama got evacuated to Colorado, he could have been going, you know, could have been going there. There are no credible reports of yeah. him going to Denver for, All right. for anything. All right. So maybe that's one of those little like, you know, you can't trust this dude just because they made a video or whatever. But, uh, um, but I guess the the elite um, safe hold kind of structure thing could be explained away as like there's already something like that already in in Colorado, and it's it's the Cheyenne Mountain thing. So I didn't really I, I'm not putting a lot of stock in that part of it. Um, but I mean, it would make sense to have you know the place you want to protect the elite being far inland from oceans and stuff, sure. just in case there's like a natural disaster or something. So. You got that side of it. I'm uh, not going to take the time to do research on this, but uh, my understanding is that there are um, even data centers that are burrowed under mountains um, post 9-11. For sure, where the president would be evacuated to is likely underground somewhere, pretty far underground. uh, And that just makes absolutely perfect sense. Um, You know, that argument also could hold true for the Denver airport itself being that place, right? Like planes can land there and you can immediately be in a bunker because if you're in a mountain, I don't know what, you know, a terrain, you know, so if you've got time and it's for long-term safety, that's fine. For short term, I would imagine that having it under an airport makes, um, you know, perfect sense, right? Yeah. Or there's rumors about tunnels. Maybe how far do these tunnels go? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll put it to the question. Are you in or out? Yeah, so I'm out on this one. And uh, for for the simple reason, I, I believe that the airport has a ton of underground whatever they are. So I will say that. But this goes to probably a bigger reason um, that there are certain conspiracy theories that I don't buy into. So when you and I start a secret organization for podcasters, right, and we name it, Something clever like book organization. Book secret organization is that what you said? Yeah, I don't yeah. know something like that. Yeah, yeah, BSO. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that we would put our imagery on places we are trying to keep secret or imagery anywhere. Mm. 
do you know what I mean? Like we wouldn't throw, oh, this was this airport was was um, founded by the booked secret organization airport committee. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. And this holds true for a lot of other things. If um, the that's going to be the place which some conspiracy theorists believe is going to become a concentration camp or it's going to become a bunker for when the New World Order releases some type of sarin gas over the entire population, probably through the use of chemtrails, that that's where the elite would go. I don't know that I would put up paintings advertising that or the name anywhere. So I, I think that... Yes, the airport is maybe shaped a little questionably, and yes, there might be a lot of underground stuff that's not for us to know, and that might be where where um, world leaders will go um, in the event of such an event. But I, I, I'm just not buying into that the New World Order put that together and then threw their their name all over it. There you go. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm half in, half out on this one. I am out for these like kind of far-reaching explanations of what's going on, which I guess that's the core of the conspiracy, right? So I guess I'm more out than anything on this one. Um, but it is, there's a lot of conspicuous situations adding together, and this is like the whole, like, there's a lot, like, I, I'm almost seeing, like, a where there's smoke, there's fire. There's so many weird things happening that, like, there has to be something behind it. Um, I would not be, well, here's the thing. The the, the thing that I heard was, and, and um, I don't remember, I don't have any, like, facts to back it up, but the thing that I heard one of the things that I was watching said that it was entirely privately funded. Um, so I don't know if that goes to or against the whole conspiracy thing. Um, but I guess, all right, so I'm going to sum it up. Um, I really want there to be some awesome, like, futuristic, like, facility kind of thing underneath Denver Airport, just because... It sounds cool and everything. Um, I doubt that there's some like nefarious like planning for the end of the world kind of um, motivation behind it. But um, could there be some sort of like big bunker end of the world kind of like your your like America's um, nuclear? Uh, what do you call those? Like uh, that used people used to build in, under under their yards and shit. Fallout shelters. Yeah, like America's fallout shelter. Sure. Why not? But um, I don't think it's like the lizard people are trying to, you know, make new concentration camps or anything like that. I will say I also was at the Denver airport back in um, the summer of 1996, so like a year after the airport like was finished and um, and opened. And obviously didn't know anything about this conspiracy theory at the time, but I, I just remember traveling around the airport to get from where I was going to where I was going Um there was like I, I took a like a tram at one point or something like that, and I just remember feeling like it was a weird experience. Like I was, oh, this is my, you know that um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory kind of like the guys singing that weird song that they're going through the tunnel and it's really fucking scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt like that. It was just this really creepy experience. So it's kind of funny that all these years later I, I hear about this huge conspiracy theory about that airport. Yeah. Um... I now feel like if I ever have the chance to to have like a connecting flight, that I'd like to spend some time there. Yeah, I try to avoid going there mostly because the turbulence is always just awful there when you're taking off or, or landing. And I think it has something to do with the fact that there's like mountains nearby on one side and no mountains on the other. Like it has to just fuck up the air somehow or something air like that. Air pressure or something that. Or, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. 
always have bad turbulence in that airport. I want to touch on something you said earlier, and I think that this is probably a, a good preface to, to these next two, which I think we're going to kind of treat as one because they're very similar in their in their scope. And, and, and again, we'll we'll touch on a plethora of other conspiracies. Um, we're going to use these two to exemplify that. But you said earlier that, you know, the Illuminati and protecting the world's leaders and stuff. So maybe just like a real general conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the, you know, globalists earlier. We talked about the New World Order. This is completely not even on our list. But what do you think about secret societies that that have uh, that exert a, a good amount of control over the world? Where, where are you at on that? I mean, aside from the fact that I've always wanted to make one myself. <laughs> yes, I can't aside, t- like, aside from that. Yeah. The, you said booked secret organization, and I was like, that's what I've wanted for, like, the whole seven years we've been doing this podcast. Like, that's like, I always say, like, exclusivity is, you know, is a big mm-hmm. thing. And, and anyway, um, I, eee, I'm the fence about this one because, like, I feel like it's very realistic that there could be a, like, a multinational, like, conglomerate that is influencing, like, how politics, you know, go to their benefit. Um, but then I think about how awful, like every committee I've ever been a part of was at getting anything accomplished. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how effective they would actually be like, but you know what I'm saying? Like it would sure. just, it, it, uh, yeah, they would, they would have to be very, very aligned in their, in their goals and outcomes and their methodology. And I don't think that like, I, I don't think that a group like that could easily navigate manipulating you know, global stuff. So uh, again, we're completely off script here, but I'd like to talk about this for a little bit because I think it's important and, and maybe a key to some conspiracy theories, either maybe ones we've talked about, maybe ones we will talk about, right? So I've been thinking a lot about secret societies over the last week since I knew we were doing this. I didn't really want to get into like, is the Illuminati a real thing or whatever, but I thought kind of in general, it's an interesting concept. So I've kind of broken it down a little bit um, more simply, I I think maybe. So um, Scientologists, right? Not a secret group. Um, Some of their members were secretive about their, their belonging and stuff, but other than, than the potentially um, kind of little nuttier things that you and I, I'm going to just assume are on the same page about their beliefs. I mean, Scientologists, uh, the reason that so many Scientologists are successful, I'm doing air quotes, is because they're Scientologists. Mm, I see what you're saying. So you get into a group of people and that group has influential people in it. So I'm, and again, not slandering, libeling anybody, right? But let's just say that I went ahead and joined Scientology and I put some money in and I moved up the ranks, you know, pretty quickly or whatever. And let's say I made level four. I don't even know if that's a thing. Right. But then I'm at a party and I'm with John Travolta, who's a, um, you know, self-professed Scientologist. Right. And we hit it off and I tell him about, I've been doing this podcast. We've won awards. We cover all kinds of cool stuff, but really I'm looking to break into something a little more mainstream, maybe like a TV show. Right. So Travolta says, oh, hey, no big deal. I've got a guy who works on whatever TV station. I'm going to put you in touch with him. I'm going to put in the good word for you, right? And I think this is how Scientologists become successful is through the word of mouth and and, and knowing um, and being helped out by influential people. Are you kind of uh, on board with that? Yeah, it totally makes right. sense. It totally tracks. So the next one 
kind of up the ladder from there is the, the, the Freemasons who have been around for a really, really long time. And they have a certain set of beliefs, but I, I know for a fact from somebody I, I knew briefly who was a Freemason that their whole job is not just to help other people out, but to definitely help one another out and that you should never refuse a request, a, 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 a reasonable request, a reasonable request from another <laughs> Freemason. Let, let me sleep that, with your wife. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, in some relationships, that's a reasonable thing, okay. right? But you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, when yeah. someone asks you for help and, and they're a brother, which is how I believe they refer to one another, you do what you can. So it's kind of the same thing. You know, if you're trying to get a leg up in, in politics um, and you're a Freemason and there's someone who uh, is a Freemason and maybe he controls a, a local chapter of um, a union or whatever. Right? right. So he would then go to his union. So well, as a union, we're voting for Rob in this election. And yeah. you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like that's. But Freemasons mostly pretty open about their membership and, you know, like Freemason lodges. I was talking to someone about Freemasons recently and they're like, they have a place right by my house. And I'm like, yeah, you probably saw it because they put their fucking sign like right out right. in front of it. Right? Yeah. Like they don't try to hide. Their, yeah, there's like, one across are. from the jewel in Wakanda. I know. Yeah, right. So it's not necessarily a secret society, but people believe that they might work in secret behind the scenes, which I believe they do, which I believe we all do. Like, I'm sure you put in a good word for a friend of yours um, uh, that's trying to get a promotion at work or trying to get into your work or something at some point. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, what I, we I do. I influence the shit out of things. Yeah. But you do it because you know people and you're friends of people, right? Now, if I said to you, hey, Rob, my buddy, you've never met this guy. Maybe you heard me mention him. He's trying to get a gig at that place you work at. I'm telling you, man, he's a good guy. And I owe him a favor. Can you put in a good word for him? There's you know, whatever 50-50 chance that you're going to. That essentially becomes the three of us forming the bond of a secret society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or at least the one that the Freemasons and the Scientologists use. So secret, the third guy doesn't even know he's a part of it. Exactly. So you were made a note on here about Bohemian Grove, is what, what that thing was, which was in the Book of Noir, which actually is proven to be a real thing. Yeah. Um, and that was the same thing, right? A secret society of rich people. Not, Not so helping secret. out other rich people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So as you step up the ladder, you find out things like the Illuminati, if you believe they exist today or not, actually do exist in history for a period of like 20 or 30 years. And they came up in almost direct opposite as a reaction to the Freemasons. So the Freemasons, um, from what I know of them, and I've read up a little bit on them, they have a few rules. And the one rule is that you must believe in in a power higher than yourself, I guess, is probably the simplest way to say that. And I don't think Ugh. they necessarily care. It's not necessarily your, you know, God, the, you know, as, as we think of him in Western culture, right? Old guy beard. But you believe in some type of thing. So you could be a, you know, a, a Buddhist or, or maybe a Muslim or whatever. And as long as you have that belief, that's one of the important features to being a Freemason. The Illuminati, on the other hand, they rose up in opposition to that. And their God was... I mentioned it earlier as religion, science, like a very scientific approach mm -hmm. um, to your belief system. But again, kind of along the lines of the Freemasons. So they were disbanded when it was made illegal England in the late 1700s. And I could be wrong on this. Made it illegal to have secret societies, which is just hilarious. <laughs> so they disbanded. But some people believe that they continued to meet in secret um, wow, and wow. still, yeah. still do today. Um, well, that's 
uh, that's a part of that movie or that book, Angels and Demons. Um, it is. The yes, Illuminati. Yeah. Sure. So that was a really long winded way of saying that um, I honestly believe that there is probably maybe not globalists in the way that Alex Jones talks about them or Eddie Bravo, where they're really out to just hurt humanity. Yeah. But I do believe there's a group of people powerful enough that they make decisions. And and it's it struck me when you said earlier, you know, world leaders. Right. I really wasn't gonna get into this whole thing this episode. But when you said it and you said <laughs> world leaders, I honestly don't think that the world leaders, the way we know them, belong to these groups. I actually think that they are probably in some ways nudged and or given direction or cajoled or forced into making decisions by people who have more power than them. Okay. Um, well, or, or is, I guess you'd have to open up the, uh, the possibility that they may be parts of secret societies independent of being world leaders. Like, um, like George Bush Jr. was, you know, was in a secret society before he became president. Like that kind of thing is possible. The skull and bones. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they yeah. could be. Yeah. But I think by and large, these might even be people whose names we've never heard. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so. Okay. I think I think that's a thing. So and, yeah, uh, that and that's the thing. Like, interests protecting interests is something that naturally is going to happen. Like, um, at any level of of power, from you know, you know, the people working at McDonald's, you know, trying to you know crab over each other to get a promotion, and, and helping each other out or whatever, up to the most powerful people in the world. I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I wanted to throw that out there as something that I, I believe in and like I said, may have some effect. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the Denver airport and that was kind of my thought about that is like, if you've got people who can survive for 200 years, let's say that it's the Illuminati. Let's mm -hmm. just say that that's the group that everyone gets brought into and that, that they're dumb enough to, to throw up all kinds of symbols of this is our new home base. <laughs> like, like if the, you know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense that people that can achieve that type of um, power which I'm sure comes with wealth, right? But not the two aren't aren't um, you know they're they're mutually exclusive. So I think that there's someone powerful because they're a big actor in Hollywood and and they have a name and and they have money and they have influence. Um, but that's that's power over um, people, right? So Kanye West is an example from recently. You know, Kanye spoke gospel until he said some things that maybe weren't really popular with Kanye supporters. So he was a powerful guy. Yeah, I don't think that he could move a, a, a world leader to to act in a certain way or move a world bank to do something to topple the economy of a of a small country or or anything in that like. So I mean, there's there's a distinction there between fame and money and and actual true power. Yeah, and I think power, the people, that, yeah. yeah, I think the people that belong to these are probably super powerful people. I don't and know. I that, think, uh, what is it? Caitlyn Jenner said some talk shit about Snapchat and their and their. They lost like a billion dollars or something like that in, in their valuation on the stock market or whatever. Yes. Not Caitlyn Jenner. Um, that was uh, the what's her name? The Kardashian chick. Oh, I was. I'm sorry. Caitlyn Jenner is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's Kim Kardashian's I, um, stepdad. Uh, but think, isn't right? wait, yeah. Kendall. Wait, one of the young ones. Right. One of the. Yes. Mm -hmm. who, who fucking cares? You know, what I'm talking yeah. about. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. And that's just the power. Uh -huh. Right. So anyway, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Do I believe that there is a new world order, that there are some globalists? Yes. And I think the people that rich and powerful probably have an idea of what's best for all of us. 
And I think when you get to that point, and, and this holds true for politicians too, so we'll, we'll talk about maybe someone at the level of a, of a senator or, or, or a congressman or, or a president, that you tend to base your thoughts on exactly what you think is best for the country, and then you do your damnedest to make sure that happens. Um, but you have to do it through a political system that has right. rules and regulations. If you're that person and you're not tied down by rules and regulations and votes and shit like that, and there are a few of you that decide that there's too many people in the world or we'd be much better off if the if uh, this particular country um, no longer had nuclear weapons or this uh, economy is getting too strong, these people are getting too powerful, so we're going to put the kibosh on that, that you would probably take those steps. Yeah, and that's that reminds me of one thing we forgot to say about Denver Airport was the um, hepatitis. Did you get? Did you hear? <laughs> no, I must have missed hepatitis in front of like the mural with the weird Nazi guy with the gun and the sword. Oh, um, that Australian yeah. antigen. Yes. Yeah. Yep. There's a yeah that little like it looks like a shopping cart with AU, AG, which everybody like the like on the period is periodic table of the elements would be gold and silver but people are thinking it's the australian antigen which is like some weird form of hepatitis b that was discovered that they think is going to be what kills everybody and i just thought that was fucking hilarious hepatitis takes us out well but then but yeah and then again kind of the same thing so we're going to put down here exactly what it's going to be right um like as decades go by yeah yeah, it just seems, yeah, it seems like like a terrible idea. So sorry to get really long on that. I just <laughs> thought it was kind of important. All right, this is running super long, so we've decided we're going to break it up into two episodes. I'm not even really sure why. I guess this is a stopping off point for those of you who have heard enough. But if you haven't, um, please come back uh, <laughs> immediately because we're yeah. going to post them at the same time and listen to volume number two of this episode. All right, until then, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Keep reading. <laughs>